Hello, everyone, and welcome to Next Best Theater. I'm your host, Michael Schwartz, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Nicole Ackman. Hi, everyone. Dan Bayer. Hello. Casey Lee Clark. Hello. And Lauren LaMagna. I think I'm going to like it here. (laughs) Well, you better bet your bottom dollar that we have a fun podcast for you today. That's right. We are discussing Martin Charnin and Charles Strauss's perennial classic, Annie. This has been a longtime favorite of the NBT team, and we are really looking forward to talking about it now because we think with so much going on in the world and these being, you know, really difficult times, Annie is like a lightning bolt of happiness and pure joy. So as we're living through an uncertain and troubling moment, let's all take an opportunity to break down such a beloved and joyous musical and remember that better times may feel as if they're only a day away. But before we get into it, I'm going to pass it off to Casey to share some of her initial thoughts and why we're doing Annie tonight. So Casey, yeah. take it away. Thank you. Yeah, I think that for one reason or another, Annie's been like a show that a bunch of us have either bonded over. Just I think all a lot of us being similar ages, having grown up with it, it's you know held a special place in our heart and various adaptations and filmed versions and whatnot. But it's special to me mostly because it was my first show I was in technically I was in like, you know, little tiny 30 minute musical things in elementary school that I don't count. This was my first like musical with an intermission and mics and like, yeah, I played an orphan and an usherette in NYC. Fun. Um, I was 11. So <laughs> it was very fitting. And yeah, I mean, beyond just growing up with the movies, I think that it being my first real taste at theater, it was a very special show in that way. And I think that I've always, even if it's not a show that I listen to all the time, I think that I have a very like deep place in my heart for a lot of those songs. And it's just like re-listening to some of it leading up to today. I was just immediately like, oh, this feel, I feel young again. <laughs> it's really nice. But what was everybody else's first experience with Annie or something, you know, that brought you to the show or something like that. Nicole, why don't you go first? It's funny because I was trying to figure this out as I was, you know, prepping for this episode. And I don't remember a time before I knew Annie. I feel like I've known Annie as long as I've been alive. I definitely grew up watching the 1982 movie and the 1999. I loved Annie. I was one of those young girls who was obsessed with it. Uh, Miss Hannigan was my dream role from the time I was about mm, probably six years old onward. I wanted to play Miss Hannigan so badly, which is very funny considering how much I actually like children. But (laughs) I used to like stage productions just in my house, just me, not for anyone, just for myself. But I could do like the whole show all the way through. And I've seen it a handful of times. I've never seen it on Broadway or uh, in the West End or anything like that. But I've seen a touring production at a couple of local productions. And it is like you said, Casey, it's one of those shows that just like it really was a lot of my childhood and a lot of my introduction to theater. I think it's an introduction to theater for a lot of kids. And every time I listen to it, I I get that same nostalgia and I'm like, Oh yes, I can see why I, why I loved this. And I was like, I wanted to get more into theater because of it. Yeah, that's great. You know, you talk about it being a lot of people's first show or just their first exposure to a musical. And I think a lot of people, you know, have that experience and hold it near to their heart near and dear to their heart for that reason. So Dan, what is your first experience with Annie? What's your history with it? I like Nicole. I really don't 
know when I was first introduced to Annie or when I first saw it or how I first became aware of it. Um, it is just sort of like, it is one of those shows that is just like sort of always there. Um, I think because it's become so iconic in the world, like everybody knows tomorrow and hard knock life. And it just, especially since it is a production, it, it's a show that by necessity requires children it i think it's a lot of uh kids one of their first exposures to musical theater just because like theaters do it because they gotta cast kids <laughs> and there are lots of kids who want to be on stage and have fun in that way and um yeah i don't remember when i saw it when i first heard it it's just always been there um i know that i remember being um as a kid in like musical theater summer camp that songs from this would inevitably be part of the you know little productions or reviews that we did whether it was you know some like teenager warbling her way through little girls while the younger girls like you know ran around the stage and cleaned behind her or the chorus of girls doing hard luck life or some cute little freckled-cheeked child belting out tomorrow center stage. It's one of those things. It's always there, and you always know the songs from it, and I honestly don't remember a time, and I didn't know it. Yeah, you know, when you say a time that you didn't know it, again, it stays with us, and it's something that we think about all these years later, even when we get into Sondheim and Rodgers and Hammerstein and Jerry Herman and all these other great you know, composers and lyricists you still think about Annie because it's one of those first memories and you always compare it to the best of the best for good reason. So that's a really good thing to say. Lauren, what about you? Much like Dan and Nicole, I also don't have a solid memory of being introduced to Annie. Um, I was, you know, a curly haired little girl and my mom thought that this was perfect for me to watch when I was little. I have to this day, I'm pretty sure my mom still has the VHS tapes of the 1982 and the 1999 version. So I just always remember hearing those songs and I definitely probably was my introduction to the musical and to just visual storytelling in general and the power of visual storytelling in general. And once, you know, I got that bite of just watching again, these little kids, like these kids that were, you know, they were 10, but they were, they seemed so much older to me, obviously, because I was probably, you know, four or five, I was tiny and to seeing them, you know, wreak havoc and get what they want and be optimistic and be positive. It was truly inspiring so when I did eventually go into those musical theater classes you know we always did those songs even as a little girl taking those classes even if you took voice lessons or when really intense you sang maybe you sang it's a hard knock life as you got older you sang a little girls those are just songs that it's in your body it's in your lexicon and it's just a rite of passage for little girls doing musical theater and I'm it's really cute and inspiring and awe-breaking. So even though I've never seen a professionally pro- pro- professional production of Annie, it still like has that nostalgia when you hear those chords for the first time. Even though it's been like years, you just take a breath of relief and you smile because it just is pure optimism. And there's something really special about a show that has that message. 
Absolutely. Pure optimism. And it's just something that keeps you going at any time. You know, you could listen to it when you're happy to sustain those emotions or, you know, when you need a little pick me up, it always does the trick. I remember when they had a revival, which we'll touch on a little bit later uh, in 2012, it was right after Hurricane Sandy and New York was in a bad place after that. And I think it was the New York Times review described it as like a lightning bolt of joy and energy. And it's exactly what that city needed at that point, just to bring some life back into it. And Annie will do that, you know, no matter what production, what actress, just the material itself is enough to really perk you up and make you feel good about the world. So that's really great. As for my own experience, you know, like all of you, I can't pinpoint an exact moment, but I think I could generalize around when it was. Uh, growing up, you know, in the late 90s, I knew Mary Poppins and The Sound of Music and The Wizard of Oz from exposure to it on VHS. They were some of my favorites. But my first experience with Annie as a property was probably in 1999 with the TV version directed by Rob Marshall on ABC through the wonderful world of Disney. And that was probably it because I was at the right age. I was about four years old when it was on. And it's a great introduction to musicals beyond you know your mary poppins and sound of music this is a direct uh adaptation from the stage or of the material they cut some things out for abc and time limits but you still get a sense of what annie is and what it looked like on stage and after seeing that i guess i was just hooked with it the concept and the songs and the performers and seeing those kids and then these beloved actors even though i didn't know who kathy bates and audra mcdonald were at the time and after that, it just became like an, an obsession of mine as a child. I got the VHS tape probably for Hanukkah, not long after it aired on ABC. And then there was just a lot in my early childhood. I remember we would listen to the Annie cassette tape. We would watch the VHS over and over again. I could remember going out to New Hope, Pennsylvania and seeing a production at a regional theater there when I was young. So it always had a role. But the one time it really you know, clicked with me that this was going to be a classic was about two years after the abc broadcast summer 2001 i was in summer camp for those in the pennsylvania philadelphia area it was arrowhead day camp in westchester pennsylvania for those of you who know it and they were doing annie as their summer show i wouldn't have been in it i was too young to be in the show but i would have been seeing it although i couldn't see the show because i had to leave camp early and get my tonsils removed it was like oh, right before school started oh, i had to get no. my tonsils out yeah so i left camp a little early and I wasn't able to see the summer show, but all I remember, and remember I was about five years old at this time, I remember being up every night after I had the surgery, because it's not a fun surgery to recover from, laying in my parents' bed, eating a bowl of ice cream at two in the morning, watching the Annie VHS tape from ABC over and over and over and over again. We probably watched it about 10 times in the course of a week. So, you know, when you watch Annie that often, the songs get stuck in your head. The characters are just, you know, lifelong connections for you. And then as I matured and got to know, you know, different styles of Broadway and my favorite shows and history of Broadway, I became more acquainted with Annie as a stage property outside of just the ABC production. And it's always held a very special place in my heart. So I'm so glad we're talking about it tonight and its legacy and all that it's inspired. And it's really great to hear your stories as well. Yeah. So any other initial thoughts before we dive into the show itself? No, I said we can right, move on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so for those of you who have never seen Annie before, uh, it's a really great show. You should check it out. Uh, like we said, music and lyrics by Martin Charnin and Charles Strauss and book by Thomas Meehan, produced by Mike Nichols, actually. He did not direct this one, but he was involved in the production in some capacity. 
based on the 1930 comic strip Little Orphan Annie. And this show took a while to really come together on Broadway. It went out of town and you're dealing with a lot of kids. So you have to cast it properly and not just featuring a lot of kids, but a star as a child. So you really have to find the right child star to capture that charisma of Annie, but also, you know, her sarcastic nature, but also loving and sweet. And you have to sort of tone her down for it to work on stage from what the comic book or the comic strip is. And she's really feisty in this comic, but in the show you, you know, find her a little more, you know, she's like a little bit of a calmer version of Annie because it's about her connection to finding her parents and getting out of this orphanage. She's not as street smart as she was in the comic strip. So in doing the casting, it was a long, long search, but they finally found Andrea McArdle, who's gone on to become a huge name, was Tony nominated. We all you know, remember her. But after her, you know, you have a really long list of, I would say, Broadway veterans in this original cast. And unlike a show, you know, Company, you know, all the names of people in that show or Sweeney Todd. Andy's a show that I like to say people remember the characters in 2020 more than the actors behind them. And that's a shame because these actors are really tremendous. So you have Reed Shelton as Oliver Warbucks, Sandy Faison as Grace Farrell. But the one that really stands out to me, and I want to hear your thoughts on this, is Dorothy Loudon as Miss Hannigan. She won the Tony Award for Best Actress in a Musical. And she just brings it here. You know, you see Carol Burnett, you see Kathy Bates on film. But Dorothy Loudon is like turned up to an 11. So what do you all think of her performance here as Miss Hannigan? Legendary. (laughs) The reason that Miss Hannigan is the, like, has become the iconic role it has become is because of Dorothy Loudon. It would not have become so without her. Yeah. And that's just facts. She is incredible. Go watch a clip of her, you know, performing. At the I mean, watch a clip of her doing anything. <laughs> yeah. She just has such energy. She's like shouting the songs, which sounds disturbing on its or in itself. But when you see what she's doing and how she's inhibiting this character, it's like nothing short of outstanding. Honestly, she is a comedic genius, um, especially on stage. Uh, she never really became a big uh, movie or TV star, but she is one of the Broadway greats. And if you don't know her, you need to look her up. She is essential, and she is she was known, I think, as mostly a comedian, um, especially a great physical comedian. But she was also great in dramatic roles as well, like um, ballroom. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, Ballroom was after Annie, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. So Annie was on Broadway in 77, and I think Ballroom was, what, 78 or 79? Uh, y- it was yeah. It was Annie was in 77, and yeah. Ballroom was in 1980. It was the next thing that she did after Annie. Okay, yeah. I'm looking I have at her, her Wikipedia uh, pulled up. I don't just know that much. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but then, and then after that, she replaced Angela Lansbury in Sweeney Todd. Yes. Yes, she did. So she got a Tony nomination in 1969 for Mm -hmm. Best Actress in a Musical in The Fig Leaves Are Falling. Didn't win that. And she gets a nomination in 1977 for Annie. She does win there. And it's a great acceptance speech. You could tell people are just really happy for her. And she's over the moon to be on stage. It's on YouTube. You should really check that out. And two years later, she gets the Best Actress in a Musical nominee again for Ballroom. And if you have not seen her perform 50% on the Tonys, like do it because 
she's yeah. amazing. It's a terrific song. Yeah, it's a great song, and she was great in it. And then she was uh, the lead in Noises Off, which would make the second time she was played on film by Carol Burnett. <laughs> yes. And that's really a great, you know, succession right there because you see what she's doing on stage in Easy Street and some of these, you know, big energetic numbers. And, you know, she's like a vaudeville comedian. You know, you mm-hmm. see it from all her mannerisms and her energy. And that's what Carol Burnett excels in. You see it on the Carol Burnett show and all that she's done over her career. So it just makes total sense to see, you know, that part replicated by her twice. Uh Dorothy passed away in 2003. You know, she's been gone for a while. So you don't really hear her name thrown in with your, you know, Legends of Broadway. But I think it's a real shame because she deserves it. Just looking at that Tony winning performance alone. I think she's, you know, really one of the greats that we don't talk about enough. So I really wanted to give her this shout out here. Mm -hmm. But going down the list of who else we had in this original production, like we said, Reed Shelton as Oliver Warbuck, Sandy Faison. Uh, Then you have the Orphans. And there are a lot of great child actors here, but one in particular has gone on to a lot of success after her role in Annie, and that is Danielle Breesby. And she was uh, Stephanie on Archie Bunker's Place, the spinoff of All in the Family. And then many, many years later, about six years ago now, she became an Oscar nominee. Did anyone know this? Yes. So she was Molly and Annie, and then she became an Oscar nominee in 2014. Dan, do you want to say what it was for? Uh, <laughs> no, you can say. I remember that she was nominated because I remember the name, but I do not remember what it was for. It was, was it for songwriting? Because I know she's written songs. She's written a lot of pop songs. Yes, yes. It was not for acting. It was for best original song. She wrote the song Lost Stars from Begin Again. <laughs> oh, right. Yes. Which was really interesting. You see Molly the Orphan in 1977, and she's like the most adorable person in that orphanage. I think there was one review that said she should be arrested because she steals the show. You know, (laughs) really hyperbolic how much people loved her. But the character of Molly is like the sweetest orphan there. And Annie is like a sister figure to her. But when they're all dancing and doing their things as orphans, uh, when Miss Hannigan's away, she just totally steals it. So the fact that she went into a long, prosperous career and is still at it is really, you know, great to see. Uh, Yeah, so you have all that wonderful cast and everyone pulling their weight around the show. But then when you really get to, you know, the songs, what's everyone's favorite song from Annie or one that sticks out to them? Outside of Tomorrow, you know, I know that's one that we all love, but... What are some other favorites? Nicole, do you want to go first? Hey, everyone. Sorry to interrupt, but this is a preview of the Next Best Theater team reviewing the show Annie here on the Next Best Picture podcast. If you want to hear the rest of this episode, you will have to head on over to Patreon, where for $1 minimum a month, you will get the rest of this episode along with other exclusive podcast content from us. The Next Best Theater podcast is part of the Next Best Picture podcast umbrella, which you can subscribe to on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, Acast, CastBox, and also on Spotify. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support. Thank you so much for listening. As always, we shall see you all next time.